0: Welcome to the Mix Hair Rap Podcast. I'm your host, DJ B Wise. This is a podcast where we talk about hip hop from boom bap to trap. We're a group of hip hop enthusiasts from multiple eras trying to bridge the gap in hip hop. My co-hosts are Kev and DJ Reaper. All right, party people, we back at it again this evening. We're getting ready to jump into it right away with our segment, Another Listen, for our boy Kendrick Lamar and his project, To pimple butterfly and then you know we got to give it to you one more time we're gonna give you the flavor all right so let's uh jump right into that right after we do our social media plugs you can follow us on instagram at mix era rap pod again that's mix era rap p-o-d and you can follow us on instagram at mix era rap all right that's what's up definitely follow us check us out on those uh send us uh, comments questions and also uh, uh like us and follow us on those platforms uh, Reaper, tell them where they can find you on social media.
1: As always, you can find me across all social media platforms at the 313Kid. That's T H E 313KID. Um, Instagram, Twitter, WeChat. If you're on that Asia thing, send me a message and Mix Cloud for DJ Mixes. I'm actually uploading some new mixes shortly, so stay locked for that.
0: All right, we can't wait to get that fire from our man Reaper. You know how he does it, he makes it work. All right, so let's jump straight into it for another listen uh, segment. And we're going to go with Kendrick Lamar's uh, Pimper Butterfly. And the song we want to start off with is actually an interlude, and it's called For Free. It's really
1: going on.
2: this dick ain't free. You looking at me like it ain't a receipt, like I never made ends meat, eating your leftovers and raw meat. This dick ain't free. Living in captivity raised my cap salary celery. Telling me green is all I need. Evidently, all I seen was spam and raw sardines. This dick ain't free. I mean, baby, you really think with a mega baby name Mercedes without a Mercedes Benz and 24-inch rims, 5% tenth, and air conditioning vents Hell fucking no. This dick ain't free. I need 48%
0: Oh man. And that was for free from our man, Kendrick Lamar's project to pimple butterfly. So let's jump straight into it, fellas. I want to talk about, you know, we we're revisiting this based on our love for Kendrick, but also trying to measure where to pimple butterfly falls at for as far as his catalog, uh, for me to pimple butterfly is probably number one and number two in my list, but I want to get the fellas reaction based on, uh, this interlude, which is really deep and uh, where he was coming off of uh, Good Kid, Mad City. So the question is, where do you think he was in the, in his art forming? Do you think he was at his peak or do you think he was rising as far as his art? Uh, Reaper.
1: I don't know if he was. I think we'll have to look back in the pantheon and see like when he's finished or when he's, you know, I mean, he is already kind of 10 years in, but, and judge later, was this the rise or was this the peak? Um, I don't know if we can necessarily answer that yet. Um, I think coming off a of Good Kid, Mad City, though, this was such a left turn and it depends on how you look at it. I think it could be commendable because I've said on this show before, it would have been a layup, like hitting the easy button to just make Good Kid, Mad City, Part 2. Just more Tales from the Hood, you know, more West Coast vibes. You know, it would have been a super layup. But he didn't. He went completely left. And you could go as far as saying there's no song on Butterfly that sounds like any song on Good Kid. So... Like I said, though, it depending on how you look at it, that could be a positive or that could be a negative.
0: Yeah, that's what's up, man. I appreciate it, uh, Kev. Let me check in with you, and then I'm gonna throw another question out there, real quick.
2: Yeah, I, you know, I, I can kind of follow what Reaper is saying. Is is how it? He took this. He took he took a he went to another lane. You know, with a uh, good kid being such a a, a beautiful album. And to go down this this lane that he did with Butterfly was it took a lot of courage, but at the same time, he showed, he showed his artistic form. You know, he has songs with Thundercat and uh Terrence Martin and uh what's a young lady, what's her name? Ann Wise. She was on a few songs. So it was, you know, kind of, you know, stepping away from what I think people probably was going to anticipate. Uh, the follow up to good kid mad city and then he just went to a whole nother lane. It it, it, it was it's I don't know. Man, it's, it was just it was a great move. It was I don't want to say it was needed needed per se, but it but it, it almost had to be done to really kind of set himself apart from everybody else. Whereas, you know, you have this kid from the West Coast who did give us these I guess these California hood stories on one album and then kind of just kind of go somewhere else. But, you know, like revisiting this album, I kind of, I see that he has like, he has like this one theme where he has like this relationship song that he has on like every album that he does. And I was like, Oh man, I, I, I you know, I kind of enjoy that because i never really peeped that before until like now, but You know, it it was, you know, good album overall, though. All
0: right. That's what's up. I appreciate that. Now, my next question is a quick one, but it could get a little deep. So we've dealt with several of his projects so far, and uh, he's had a very good career. My question is, do you think that every one of his projects is a concept project? Kev? Oh, boy, that is a
2: good question. That is a good
1: question. Wow, that is a really
2: good question. <laughs> but you know what though? I'm kind of 50-50 on it. And I'm gonna say, and here's why I say that. On one hand, I do think his albums are all concept albums, but he he's he's an underrated storyteller. Like, you know, we don't talk about a lot about storytellers in today's rap. And it's kind of like this. I don't know. It's almost like it's un un. You know, it's an untouchable topic, and people will kind of run away from it because uh, the quality of uh, MCing or rhyming is is not really there like it used to be. And you know, like Reap always says, you know, rapping, rapping, and it's just like I know what he means by rapping, rapping, but a lot of other people don't know what rapping, rapping means. But Kendrick Lamar, he's he's like a He's a rapper. He's an MC. He's a he can flow. He can whatever, whatever. He kind of checks all these different boxes. But just like I just said, he um he has this recurring theme on all these albums where you know there's gonna be a song where it's about something about him dealing with some sort of relationship drama, and and it's something I didn't never really even notice until so, you know just revisiting Butterfly, and I was just like, oh man, I kind of see he he does have this ongoing theme. So. I have to say, yeah. The more I'm sitting here talking about it, I think he does, but it's but it's not necessarily a bad thing, though. It's because, you know, when you revisit everything, you know, like from... Even if you go to... Um, oh, gosh. What was it? What's the album before Section 80? Even before the album before Section 80, and, and it's funny, too. I, I'm sorry. I know I'm going long, but um, I got the bootleg advance of, of Butterfly. So... And I remember I was on a message board and we were all talking about it. And a guy said that, and this guy said that, that Kendrick Lamar has these albums planned. He has all his albums planned out and how he's going to approach each each album. And, you know, people was like dogging this guy out. Like, yeah, whatever, you don't know him. And you just saying that and whatever, whatever, whatever. But it's like, you know, and, and that, and that thought came in my mind from that, me- that post on that message board this week going over this album, like, well, maybe this guy was on to something up <laughs> um, 10 years ago. So, but yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And, but but it's a great thing, though, because who else really has these, on- who else has these themed or these niche albums like that,
0: though? Yeah, I definitely feel you on that. You know, and for me, I know I, I forgot that I did not answer the last question. And I would say that, a lot of people would argue after hearing uh dam and Mr. Morales and the high stepper that the pimple butterfly would be his rise. A lot of his fans would say that. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. And like, uh, Reaper said, you know, his, his story's not over. So we have to see where he goes from here. I know that, uh, critical acclaim on Mr. Morales and the high stepper was good, but as far as, overall perception from the Twitterverse and message boards and things like that. Uh, he, he got, he got beat up quite a bit. And uh, I, I know I tried to defend him where I could, but in general, uh, he did not get well received by a lot of the mainstream. So with that, moving on to the next question. And for me, I believe strongly that this man is deep in thought in his art and that each album to him is like, it's like a painting. And he is performing uh, his art on this canvas and each one should be different. I think he, everyone's a concept and the concept is within his mind and his beautiful mind. Uh, Reaver, your thoughts.
1: Um, Yeah, I, I think it's a really interesting question. I've never thought about that because even if you, so Kev before section Eighty it was OD overly dedicated. I believe that's the one you were looking for, but if you even count Section 80, because some people do, some people don't, uh, Good Kid, Butterfly, like they're all completely different, but maybe they're all completely different by design. Like maybe he's aiming to tell a different story. Like it's not just because sometimes, I mean, most times people make different music because of where they are in their life and that's how it should be. But maybe it's by design. Maybe he set out to tell different i mean and it's not like a saga like i don't know if it's star wars like i don't know if it's like you know different entries to an overall saga i don't know if that's what he's doing but maybe they're all different on purpose by design more so than just growth you know what i mean so and i've never really thought about that so yeah it's a really good question
0: all right, fellas, I really appreciate that. We're going to step into the next song that we thought was notable from the project, and that is These Walls featuring Anna Wise.
2: She just want
1: to close her eyes and sway With you, with you, with you Exercise
2: her right to work it out It's true, it's true, it's true Shout out to the birthday girl. Say hey. Hey. Say hey. hey. Oh, girl. No. Everyone deserves a night to play. Play. She plays. Only when you tell
0: her no. I can't believe it. All right. And that was if these uh, these walls by uh, our man Kendrick Lamar feature Anna Wise. Um, unfortunately due to uh, copyright things, we couldn't go deeply as we wanted to on that particular song, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to jump in with my next question. I think this one, we're going to get into some, to some weeds with this one. And that is when he puts these projects together, do you think that he is very instrumental on the production of it? Or do you think he just gives a concept? And ask the, produ- the producers to roll with it. Reaver.
1: I think it might be a little bit of both because if you look at the producers, even from Good Kid to Butterfly, like there isn't a ton of overlap. And it's not like he's working with, although he does have Pharrell on this album, which you wouldn't know if you didn't check the liner notes, I, I feel. <laughs> but, or maybe he's in the music video, I don't know. It's not like he's getting plug and play beats from Legs Luger or from Timbaland or, or whoever. I feel like he's reached out to these people specifically to collab or already have a concept in mind. And I think this matches your style or so on and so forth. Because this, and again, I'm thinking about it even more and more like, Uh, Good Kid, this one, and Mr. Morale specifically tell a not completely coherent story in every instance, but there's an overall message or overall feel that he's trying to make the album have. And you've got to get producers to, I mean, and this is all rappers should listen to this. You've got to get producers that are going to help you get your message across your point across even if your point is like turning up you know like kicking it in the party or you know a west coast barbecue you're like whatever the the point the message the sound that you're trying to have you got to get people that's going to put that together so I think he probably sought out some of these producers because it's some deep cuts in there uh or uh, Flying Lotus, Thundercat. He didn't just, you know, oh, I need a radio single. Who's hot right now? Oh, let me hit up Polo da Don or, you know, Legs Luger or whoever was the, uh, the, the pick of the week. Yeah, I feel you on that. It's the same
0: thing here for me. I believe the same as uh, Reaper does. I think that he puts a, a huge amount of thought into his uh, production and choosing it. Uh, the, the 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 producers because he has a concept in his mind that he's trying to put out put forth to everyone and he needs the right producers to give him what his thought process is and it, it that part to me makes this album more special than the overall about the, you know the rap and everything you know the samples and so forth just. That he put so much effort into choosing his vision, and and you know, there there can be some uh, some complaints about the way this was curated. I believe this was his best curated project, but again, that's neither here nor there. We'll jump into that a little bit further down the road. But uh, again, I just I really believe that uh, he really is instrumental in choosing who he wants to work with on a project. Uh, Kev, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I, I really. I, I like the production on this album. This song in particular you just play, you know, it, it, it is one of my favorites off the album. You know, I was sitting there thinking, uh, you know, I listened to it a few times this week. And I think like after my second listen, you know, the one of the first things that came to my mind was like, why didn't him and Terrence Martin just do this whole album? And I think I would have received it better, you know, when it first came out. Um but, you you know, just like Reaper said, you know, there's a Pharrell beat on here and you wouldn't know unless you really look at the liner notes. And it's kind of, I mean, does is that like a testament to Pharrell or is it kind of like, uh, eh, was it a wasted Pharrell beat? It, it, you know, production wise, it wasn't bad. And, and I think that, I, I I think that he kind of, I think he gives, I, I I just had this feeling that he goes in the studio and says, this is the vibe I'm looking for make beats like this and and you know he'll finish out his songs based off this vibe that they created because you know a lot of his music just seems like it's it's ideas that he has going on in his mind and it's just it's just him locking in the studio to kind of, you know, writing verses to these ideas that he has. But I would like to see him do an album with just one producer. I would love to see that.
0: Yeah, you might be able to find that coming up soon, depending on um, where he is after he leaves TDE. So we might get that. Uh, going on to our generic part of the <laughs> segment, I'm gonna throw my, my, my normal questions, the length of the project and uh, the features. It wasn't that many features, so I know that shouldn't be too big of a problem for people. So I'll jump in first and just say, I thought the length of the project was okay, uh, again, the outro was a little preachy and a little long winded, but overall, I thought that the 15, six, 16 tracks, but 15 of uh, the tracks I really appreciated. I thought the interludes were pretty good. Uh, the intro and, and so forth were all pretty good. And it, I believed it was curated very well. Again, that, that for me, the curation was probably his best. And um, as far as the features, again, uh, the Snoop feature, it fit but I didn't think, you know, he got, you know, I wanted more of Snoop. That's all I would say. And, uh, uh, the Anna wise was perfect. She's done some other stuff with him before Uh, the Ron Isley one was peculiar just because he was, uh, uh, towards the end of the, of the, uh, project, uh, the the track, which was interesting. But again, I think that that is something that, you know, (laughs) was in the mind of uh, Kendrick and then, um, the Rhapsody one, um, man, you know, I really thought he put her in a space to shine and she did what she does. And that is shine to me. You know, Rhapsody is probably my top one or two overall female artists out today. So with that, we'll move on to uh, Kev, your thoughts on length of the project and the features.
2: I, I didn't have a problem with both. You know, when I, uh, you know, when I first made time to really, you know, listen to it this week. You know, it, it it the album just like breezed through for me. And you know, when I looked up, I didn't realize it was just quiet. You know, I was just, you know, I had a plane in the background and I was doing some stuff, and it was a, it set the mood perfectly, you know, you know, I was just working, you know, I got to a good flow and, and you know, did what I had to do, and then you know, I had this moment and I was just like, wait, I don't hear nothing going on, and, you know, and it, it kind of like wait. The album's over, you know. So I was like, man, you know, it just kinda put me in this right mood. And then when I kind of, you know, I played it again and, you know, I started paying attention a little bit more to um to the songs and the lyrics and everything. And, you know, it was perfect for me. You know, it just if it, it flowed well. I know it was like sixteen or seventeen songs, a few interludes. Yeah, outside that last one, but I mean, you know, it still it kind of flowed with the album for me. So the features weren't bad. Yeah. I probably would have liked to hear, um, more of black hippie always, you know, I always want them to do stuff on each other's album. So outside of that, I, you know, the features were good for me.
0: That's what's up. Appreciate that. Uh, let's move on and let Reaper, uh, anchor this one. Reaper, your thoughts on the length of the project and the features.
1: I don't really have much to say about the features. Uh, A lot of times when I listen to records, I don't check the track list um, because like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but it's something that I've done since I was younger. Like if I see if there's 10 tracks and track nine has someone that I'm really interested in hearing, you know, I don't know, Snoop or or Clips or whoever, the whole time I'm listening to the album, I'm like, oh, I wonder what that track nine sounds like. Oh, I really want to get to track nine. So I just don't look at it at all and just be surprised. And you know what? Sometimes there's, uh, uncredited. I remember on, on Travis Scott's, uh, birds in the trap, sing McNight" from 2016. I believe it is. Um, Andre 3000 is on one of the songs, but it's not listed on the track list. It's not listed on iTunes. It's just like, he's there, but you have to like, listen and like, just be hip to know that that's him. So, just let it play out and near surprise. Like, oh, is that Snoop? And then check the, or even, uh, yeah, on one of the tracks, Ronald Isley is on there. And I remember listening, like, is that Ronald Isley? And then I looked at the track list, like, wow, that is him. Okay. So, uh, but yeah, no uh, issues really with the, uh, like I said, shout out to Ronald Isley and shout out to uh, Bilal. Like, yeah, man, why don't, why doesn't, I've always wondered, why doesn't Bilal get on more stuff? But again, that's another question for another day. And yeah, I did like uh the Rhapsody feature. Not a huge Rhapsody fan. I appreciate her like rapping and stuff, but like I did really like the verse and uh George Clinton right at the beginning. Uh shout out to that. I remember thinking like, is that George Clinton? Um so I mean I guess I did like the features. I mean that, that's what I'm sort of saying. And uh what was the other thing? Oh, the length. I didn't mind the length. I will say, though, toward the end, it did start to wane for me. Maybe after track 12 or 13, it did start to wane. I was just kind of like, eh, okay. And you know what it is? More than the length of the whole project, I think it might be the length of some of the songs. Because some of the songs are longer. And one of the times I listened to it, it was like the the youtube version so it had like the extended video cuts and some of the songs were like six or eight minutes or nine minutes because of like visuals and like you know and stuff and that didn't help it i thought maybe watching or listening with some of the visuals would help but yeah that didn't help it either so
0: (laughs) i feel you on that or we appreciate you with that and now we're gonna move on to another song that we thought was uh, notable from the track I mean from the project And that was All Right Hard
2: times like yeah Bad trips like yeah Nazareth I'm fucked up homie You f***ed up But if God got us Then we gon' be, right, right. be all right We gon' be all right We gon' be all right We gon' be all right Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be all right We gon' be all right huh? We gon' be all right We gon' be alright. Do you hear me? Do you feel me? We gon' be alright. And when I wake up, I recognize you looking at me for the pay cut. But i am looking at you from the face down. One Mac 11 even boom with the face down. Skimming, and let me tell you about
1: my life. Painkillers only put me in a twilight. Where pretty Benjamin is the highlight. I tell my mama I love her, but this what I like. Lord, no. There's 20 of them in my Chevy. Tell them all to come and get me reaping everything I sow. So my karma come in heaven. No preliminary hearings on my record. I'ma m- stand silence for the record. Uh. Tell the world I know it's too late. Boys and girls, I think I'm gon'
0: Me. yeah man and that was all right by our man Kendrick Lamar from his project to Pebble Butterfly uh, and we're going to finish this one up with these questions what were your highlights of the project let's go with that let's go with what were the highlights of the project And I'm going to start for me again I mean he had uh, you know at least two anthems on here again for uh, conscious uh, people in society in the black society or over or the mainstream or just in society in general And uh, and that was I and all right. And this these songs came out during a pivotal time in American history. And I think that that was very, very important. Uh, Again, even if you throw in King Kuda, that was also a very uh, anthem style uh, song as far as, you know, black struggle here in America. So for me, you know, those were the three highlights of the project for me. Again, truly enjoyed several of the uh, again uh, for me, uh, again, I, I'm I'm a fanboy of this project for me. So, again, those were my highlights. But again, the overall project, I truly, truly enjoyed. So, uh, Reaper, your thoughts on the highlights for this project for you.
1: Um, there are some good messages throughout the project. I think it's interesting that it starts and that even we started with For Free. I, I almost wish For Free was the first song, like the intro, because it, it I, do, I do think it is a little bit disjointed coming after the sort of throwback West Coast funk track with George Clinton. I feel like he should have opened up with that because it's basically like a, a spoken word kind of like slam poetry thing. But I think that's one of the highlights of the album. I think, again, to go so left after, you know, a "Tales from the Hood" West Coast album in Good Kid, Mad City, to have this be part slam poetry, part free jazz, experimental jazz, part, you know, upbeat R and B radio vibes almost to part. More spoken word, more like uh, what would you say? Like, uh, uh, like speaking in front of a crowd, like a speech. Yeah, like like that. Like it's it's got a lot of different things going. And again, say it again. It would have been a layup for him to just make a, another West Coast, you know, tales from the hood record. But for him to push hip hop in a way and say hip hop doesn't just have to be this or my artistry doesn't just have to be this like y'all can keep making just regular records and stuff but I want to do this I want to do something else I think that is commendable now we're going to you know get into the dislikes and the uh negatives and stuff everybody might may not like that he did that but I think it is a positive
0: all right, that's what's up. Again, for, for me, you know, you guys know I'm just, you know, a huge, huge fan. So uh Kev, we're gonna let you anchor this one. Your thoughts on the highlights of this project.
2: I think the biggest highlight is that he he did a totally different album than Good Kid Mad City. And and it, you know, it just showed like a different side of of who he is and what he could do. And he still kept it West Coast, you know. Um, and, and and I think that's kind of like hard for people to to really represent, you know, their location. Now, you know, a lot of people like to you know make music that kind of kind of just fits in with everyone else is doing, and hopefully that you know your song makes it. But you know, it's it was still a West Coast album. You know, I, I'm not from the West Coast, but you know, I enjoy the music, and it's just hearing those west coast type of rhythms still felt good you know that he made it on this album and and like you said earlier um he's still he's you know he's still putting anthems out and that's another thing you know that's that's just needed just in music period not just in rap you know something that you know people can can hang their hat on or just you know, kind of motivate themselves to get themselves going. Because I remember when "All Right" came out, you know, my kids was, you know, they was singing it, you know, we're going to be all right. And, you know, and I'm just like, what the hell are they talking about? And they didn't at least got up this morning or whatever. But if that's what got them hyped to get up to get out to go to school, all right, let's turn it up and let's go. So,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but, you know, you know, just the little, little stuff like that, you know, can can set artists apart from everybody else. But yeah, yeah. So you know, he, he he's good at just kind of setting himself apart and continuously raising the bar uh every time he comes out with something new.
0: That's what's up. So our my final questions is a two part overall thoughts, negatives, whatever, as far as the overall project, and then placement amongst his projects so far? What would you place to Pimple Butterfly and your overall thoughts? Reaper?
1: So overall thoughts, I had a lot of, a lot of thoughts listening to this uh, record this this week. And, and I talked to my boy, Big Dave, about it. Shout out to Big Dave. Um, we DJ together. And I don't know, man. I'm in a mixed... I'm in a mixed sort of feeling about it because, okay, so number one, part of the reason that we touched on this album again was because of part of my negative feelings toward it, part of because it was on the the Rolling Stone 200, which I'm going to mention in a minute. And my theory going into it was Perhaps I didn't give it a fair shake in 2014, 2015, because I was expecting it to be good kid, bad city. Maybe I listened to it at the time. Cause I can remember when King Kunta came out, I was just like, this is the first music that you're going to put out after that phenomenal good kid record. Like this is terrible. I do not like how it sounds. And even listening to it again, cause I listened to the album again yesterday and I found myself nodding to King Kunta. I still don't really like it or love it. Like, it's fine. But I found myself nodding to it after listening to it again years later with a more open mind. And strangely enough, I think Mr. Morale makes this album sound better or sound different. But if you think about it in, you know, the release history, Mr. Morale... Sounds good because of Butterfly, actually. And, you know, without going super long-winded on it, I think listening to it, in this case, after years of not hearing it and listening to it with a more open mind and revisiting after hearing uh, Mr. Morale and knowing that he has this sort of artistry idea, not just making, you know, radio singles and stuff, it sounded better. However, I still have some issues with it one of my biggest things like when i listen to music because some sometimes music for people it just does it for them you know they'd rather listen to music more than anything else i had a i got a friend around here that that you know plays piano plays guitar you know does bedroom production goes to the studio sings raps like just everything about music just makes them you know make their heartbeat kind of thing and again, I'm in touch with music. I you know, like it very much. However, it doesn't do that for me. I pretty much listen to music in three cases. If I'm getting ready to do something for a party, if I'm getting ready, you know, party planning, if I'm getting ready to move around the city, because around here I'm on foot a lot, maybe I'm on a bike, maybe I'm going to the train, taking a bus, you know, like that kind of stuff. I'm not usually driving or in a car here. And three, if I'm, chilling with the homies or with a young lady and it's just background music you see what i'm saying and i don't think this record fits into any of those and i'm not sure when i would listen to it in my free time so i think that affects a grade to me it doesn't affect the quality of the album per se but i don't know i can't necessarily Call this, you know, better than good kid or better than whatever, whatever, because I don't think I would listen to it. And I think that affects the grade. Let's get some info from y'all before I go on to the, the second part of the question. What say you, Kev?
2: Overall, overall, it's a decent album. Yeah, like like you said, the Rolling Stones thing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing what these writers saw as this being his best album. Is it his best? No, good kids is best. I always say that. Is it is second best? No, I think, I it's not second best. So you know, Butterfly is starts at three or four in this. You know what? This six album discography of Kendrick Lamar, or whatever. I mean, everything you said, I really can't disagree with. Like. Could it be background noise? Chilling with the homies, maybe, maybe not. I mean, could could I go the rest of my life and not listen to this album again? Yeah, would I feel bad about it? No. It, it it's not to say it's a bad album, but it's not you know something I'm going to be pressed to listen to or feel like I have to listen to it. I did, you know, my opinion of it when it first came out. You know, I think I think after on my third or fourth listen, yeah, I listened to it four times. So it was my third time I listened to it. I was like, where was I at, at this time when it came out? And I was still listening to Good Kid, Mad City when this came out. So it wasn't the fact that I was expecting Good Kid part two. I think I was looking for something that would close to Good Kid to kind of make me cut that off. And this one did not do that for me. So, um that's why I kind of dismissed it back then, but then like now I'm like, okay, it's not bad, but I wish it was like a little more it, it's it's like little things I feel like it was missing like I said earlier, I wish it had more turns martin on there i think a uh, a uh, uh somebody somebody from t d e uh they would have i think they could have put provided a good feature I do like you know the jazzy elements to it, but I don't know. I think like one of those songs could have went a little, just a little just deeper in some subject area. I don't know, but it's just little things that I just like. I think it could have been small tweaks that could have been
1: done that could have put this as his second best album. I think so. So, okay, so I said I was talking to my boy, Big Dave, and one of the the things that he mentioned was listening to it now, you need to remember, and uh, B-Wise touched on this a little bit, remember this album in a vacuum. So in 2014, 2015, this is coming off of Mike Brown and Black Lives Matter, or not even coming off of like the, the beginning, like the inception of all of that stuff. So songs like we going to be all right are actually like a battle cry in some ways. Like, it's like, yeah, this stuff that's going on right now is messed up, but I'm telling you, you got me, we got us, we going to be all right, you know, kind of thing. And when you listen to it with those glasses on, with that state of mind, it does, I think it is important. And part of me wonders if the album would have affected me differently if I was more in that. So in 2014, 2015, I was already living in Shanghai. So I remember, you know, I remember when Mike Brown and Black Lives Matter started, but not the same way as somebody that was on the ground or even like living in the United States at the time. You see what I'm saying? So it doesn't, you know, I compare it to, and even though it's more modern, because again, we're going to talk about Rolling Stone in a second, but, uh, It has, um, it takes a nation of millions to hold hold us back, the Public Enemy record on there. And Fight the Power is on there. You know, Fight the Power came out before I was even alive. You know, and I understand what was going on at the time, but I wasn't there. You see what I'm saying? Or even like how uh, Death Certificate from Ice Cube, or that might have been a little bit before that. But like how some of the early 90s records talk about Rodney King riots and stuff. Again, I've seen the tape. I've seen you know, shows that talk about it and stuff, and I was alive, but I wasn't there. I wasn't old enough to grasp what was going on for people that saw Rodney King in real time and then saw OJ and stuff in real time. And I know I'm getting into the weeds a little bit. But what I'm saying is, do you have to be alive and on the ground in real time to understand this Kendrick record or some of those other records I mentioned? No, I don't think so but 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 I think that I think that the mood
2: of the kindred record as opposed to what's going on in the environment is different from public enemy it's not it's not the it's not what is happening it's the mood that they're setting because I mean okay I don't want to I don't want to do this but I I think that's the way I can explain this so if you take fight the power and you take all right Okay, as as these anthems, right? They put you in different moods. It's it's like it's it ain't the same. It's like you can say them at these rallies or these protests or whatever, but it's but you're saying them in different ways though. Like you go, we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right. It's kind of like calming per se as a fight the power where is more aggression. So it's it's a different mood with these anthems. It's not to say that neither, you know, one is better than the other, but it's just, I don't know. It's it sets different tones. And 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 I think that all I think we gonna be alright is an important anthem. And I'm willing to bet you that someone has written a story about, you know, hip-hop anthems and how they affect communities and all that. And if no one did. One of us can do it. But um, because, you know, even before rap, you know, when, when James Brown was doing his stuff and, you know, so many people have credit James Brown as laying the the groundwork for what rap has become, the majority of James Brown's music is anthems. You know what I mean? Like, it was nothing for James Brown to say. You know, something was going on. He recorded two, three songs, he put on a 45, boom, everybody's chanting this song. It's like, and everybody, and it was the song was playing everywhere. It was playing on the radio, house parties, block parties, schools, and and it conveyed, you know, it could in in the way he constructed these songs, it conveyed the message that it was intended for, and you understood what he was saying, and you said it in the right setting. So it's a it's a difference. I mean, it's it it is it is a difference. You know, with when when Fight the Power came out, I was a, a, a teenager, you know, I was young. And yes, it was it was, you know, for a you know, really to see the first real viral video and it was the police whooping someone's ass. And it's crazy. Just just crazy. And it's kind of like you know, with NWA and, and Skype, people are like, oh my God, how could these guys do this song? And I'm like, but do you really know what's going on in these neighborhoods? Like, people are really getting their ass whooped by the police and they ain't did nothing. And, you know, here's the video Rodney King getting his ass whooped. So it's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I appreciate the fact that he did do this, that he did step out and he did create this anthem, but it did have, it had like a slightly different tone to it, though.
1: Yeah, I appreciate your uh, your anthem rant. That wasn't my point. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> what I'm what I'm saying is because uh, I'm talking about listening to Kendrick in a vacuum, the same way, like if you just listen to a nation, uh, it takes a nation of millions without thinking about the quote unquote black experience, the quote unquote what was going on in. American society and black society in 1988, 1989, I don't know if you get the full idea of the record. And I think it's the same for, or the same could be said for butterfly because I, I wasn't thinking about that when I was listening to it. And he said, well, you got to remember this is related to this and this is related to that. And I was like, Oh, I didn't think about that. Cause like I said, I wasn't, I was thinking about where I was when I heard the record more than where I was or what was going on in the world when the record came out. You see what I'm saying?
2: So do you feel like you missed it, an experience or? Possibly. Possibly. Okay.
1: Okay. But but this lends into the the second part of it. I don't know, or how should I phrase it? Number one, I don't know if that's fair to grade the record or any record based on You have to know the context or the background of what was going on in society to listen to this record. I don't know if that's fair to grade a record based on that. But at the same time, if some of the songs or the ideas or the mood or the message are specifically referencing things that were happening in that time, like that's what inspired the songs, then you almost have to. But then it makes.
2: But I think that I I think that I think that point that you're making is an excellent point because there are records that were decent, but were elevated because of situations. If that makes
1: you 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 understand what I'm I'm trying to say? Yeah. I mean, my thing though. I mean,
2: no, no. But you're right though. But you're right though. Like, you should be able to listen to this record today, tomorrow. 10 years from now and you know your musical ear might switch a little bit but it shouldn't it shouldn't be that far off right
1: right i mean cuz my other thing was if 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 you're saying that you had to be in the united states in a black community somewhere in the united states 2013 2014 2015 to really get the feel of this record, well, how does that, you know, pan out for black people that live in England, or black people throughout Africa, or black people throughout, you know, or even in Canada, you know, like because I don't know the, the the temperature of what's going on in the United States and how people just up north in Canada even react to the stuff. You know what I mean? So I don't know if that's right. Completely fair. But at the same time, I mean, it's got to count for something, right? Because.
2: Yeah. I mean, but it's just, you know, everyone everyone has different experiences. Like, just like when, I remember when NWA, like, Straight out of Compton first came out. And I remember my my boy Sean, he, he came, he's like, man, we got to get this, we got to go get this tape from this group from California, NWA. These dudes is, is the truth and X, Y, Z, but whatever, whatever. Boom. Next day, I grabbed my money, my allowance. I went to the store. I said, I need an NWA tape. Mr. Fields said, it ain't coming out till next week. I said, I need it right now. He said, all right. Said, I'm going to save you this tape, but you can't tell nobody where you got it from. I went home. I jumped in my closet. I surrounded myself with a whole bunch of stuff. So my mother wouldn't hear it, And I listened to Straight Outta Compton and you know, you know, Ice Cube tells a story all the time about how he got into the music business of he wrote this song for these cats in New York, but they rejected it because it had so much California slang. And that never made sense to me because when I was, what, 10, 11 years old and I was listening straight out of Compton, even though it was West Coast guys talking about West Coast things using West Coast slang, I could resonate with everything that they were saying. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, everybody, you know, everybody can take, you know, I think that's the beauty of music, though. You know, everyone listens to it in different ways. They have different reactions. They have different emotions. I mean, just like this conversation here, you know, a good part of us going back and revisiting Butterfly is based off of uh, a a group of people who saying that this is a top five hip hop album of all time. And is Kendrick Lamar's best album that he has done, you know, before, you know, Mr. Morale came out. So it's like, you know, I don't agree with what they're saying, but as we're having this conversation, I can, I've, I've gained more insight as to what these writers were going into. Just like everything, everything you said, and, 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 you know, and the points B.Y.S. brought up earlier make more sense as to why they picked Butterfly as Kendrick Lamar's best album. Why they put Butterfly in the top five all-time rap albums. Um, I mean, I still disagree, but there is this new insight that I never had before. And I appreciate you guys, you know, sharing your experiences, you know, answering these questions and all these comments here. Because now I'm like, oh, okay, I see where they're coming from. I understand their perspective. Even though I still disagree. But, you know, that's, you know, we all we, we're not gonna agree on everything. So, you know, where is Butterfly at? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's just it's this two twofold question. Like, where is Butterfly at in his discography? And then where where we could we put it at in like hip-hop? You know what I mean? Like, if it had this impact in 2014, it has to be You know, somewhere in the top, what, 50?
1: I think so. Okay, so, yeah. So let's move on to the uh, Rolling Stone. So again, you guys, Rolling Stone put out a Rolling Stone magazine. They put out a top 200 uh, hip hop records of all time list a handful of weeks ago. And we've been um, going back and forth, sort of re-acknowledging some of the placement on the uh, albums on this list. And that's in some ways what uh, inspired us to do this segment, um, because To Pimp a Butterfly, I believe, is number six on the list without looking. I think it's number six. And it's interesting because, like I said, I don't know who works for Rolling Stone. I don't know if these guys have a history of reviewing hip hop records, but working because I used to review hip hop records uh, on a journalistic level, like not before the podcast. And some of the people that review hip-hop records also review rock records and pop records and maybe even like jazz records, country records, stuff like that. So it's more of looking at it, music as a whole. But then there's some people that only review hip-hop records. And several of my uh, writing and reviewing friends would review a record like Butterfly over Good Kid because of the quote-unquote black experience, the quote-unquote artsiness of it, the quote-unquote let's not put hip-hop in a box. It gets more points than just a quote-unquote regular hip-hop record. It's also the... Hold on, hold on. It's also the reason records like Jesus get wait, wait, more I'm... points than College Dropout or because it's like pushing hip-hop forward or it's artsy or it's... You know, it's an art piece. I, I had a uh, a reviewer friend that was really respected in the uh in in the Boston East Coast sort of area. Say, when Kanye is all said and done, or if Kanye were to die today, the record that he would be remembered for most was Jesus, not College Dropout or Twisted Fantasy or Watch the Throne or any of those records. And I thought it was a hot take at the time, but you consistently see Jesus ranked over all of his other records, except maybe Twisted Fantasy, even on the Rolling Stone 200. I, I without looking, I think uses might be 17 or something like that. It's certainly above any of his other records, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that is why uh butterfly is so high because it does represent a important time. 2015, 2014, the, the, the black experience, blah, blah, blah. The, the the context around it, along with the record itself, being Free Jazz, being Slam Poetry, being all of these things, it's an amalgamation of things. But if you are a hip-hop listener, if you just like hip-hop records and storytelling and traditional hip-hop stuff, Good Kid is the better record. I'm finished. Kev, you have the floor.
2: I'm, I'm, I'm glad we had this conversation as overall. And I know it might have went longer than it probably should have, but... You know the the point you just made about people would review certain records just because, just because it what what wait so I I don't want to misquote you so someone wouldn't review Good Kid, Mad City because it it's a maybe a quote unquote rap record but Butterfly because it stepped away from the norm is that is that am I understanding that correctly
1: or? no not wouldn't not wouldn't review they would would review both of them but what i'm saying
2: i mean but 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 butterfly got more points
1: yes probably yes
2: that's crazy to me that's crazy to me i feel like i feel like you know things like that take away from the genre as a whole because you you discredit a good album that told a good story it was a rap record and it kind of fit into what it might be considered a rap mode as opposed to something that stepped away a little bit and kind of maybe played or fit in more into what was going on in the current time and it received bonus points. And I know earlier I said, you know, uh, you know, people, you know, people kind of would take albums, take subpar albums and give it more points because it fit in these situations, but I think from a, I think a personal standpoint and a, and a journalistic standpoint should be two different things for, for me, if, if you are a journalist, you have to put some, some, if not all your personal views to the side, because I don't think that, you know, sometimes your personal views kind of can cloud your judgment. As far as you know, saying, you know, this is what you think think about this album, and, and I understand that even with your journalistic views, it's still your opinion. But I don't know. I, I feel like it, I feel like it should be a difference, and and I know it might sound crazy, but it's just me. It's just like you know, I've done some writing for websites, and I've done interviews, and you know, and 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 doing albums is hard. I mean, doing album reviews for me it was hard because I didn't want to feel like I was giving my opinion as to why I thought this album was good. You know, I I just kind of, you know, had to look at it and kind of felt like I had to, you know, try to stay it down the middle so it wouldn't like I was trying to sway somebody as to yes or no. But I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I just think overall, like I said, I don't, this is not his is his best album to me is not his second best to me. Um, I would start the conversation at three if I had to go through his discography Um, and you know, everything we said tonight, I I, I just understand, I understand more where Rolling Stones kind of put it at, but I still think it's even high, even based off everything we even talked about tonight. I still think, I still don't think it's top 10 based off that list they put out, but it's not bad overall though. It's not bad overall.
0: Appreciate your opinions on this. And uh, I definitely think that everything you guys have said is valid. Sadly, I will say that I think that you guys, because heads are going to like rap and rap and rap. The reason why rap is popular is because middle class people can listen to stories of people who live in the hood. And it's, it's, it's impressive. It's like a movie. And I get that. And I'm not mad about that at all what most people who are heads or people who buy hip hop music don't fully grasp is that this art form was made to push us in a forward motion. It was not meant to consistently tell time after time after time. And in the history of where mad kid, bad city music in general, you know, you don't get Curtis Mayfield, uh, you don't get Curtis Mayfield song. Um, Move up, moving on up. You don't get uh, what's going on unless there's something that's problematic happening, and some artist was willing to dis- express that on a platform of artistry. So it doesn't matter what the time frame is, it is uplifting. What this young man did for a time when uplifting music had escaped the black community for well over a decade, was important. And I think that you all may be missing the understanding that a people, a society, if you want it to move forward, if you want it to be better than it has been in the past, you have to remind it that it's better than the hood. You have to remind it that it's better than the the, the, the least common denominator. And sadly, over the last 22 years of hip hop, we have done a poor job of expressing the fact that we could be better. If anything, we have held high the fact that being lesser than is better. Being the lowest common denominator is good. That's a good thing. So let's push that forward. And that has what put our young people in harm's way over the last 15 years, 20 years, because we keep exalting music that does not move the people forward. If you go back and you listen to music from our past, there is a plethora of music that says, hey, we can do better. We can love one another. We can be better. And somewhere we lost our way and have now thought that, hey, let's just keep giving them that good kid, Mad City. Let's just keep giving them stories of hood, hood tales, not hood tales that you lived, but just hood tales. Let's just keep this, keep every rapper, give them, give them millions of dollars and allow them to tell stories of other people's lives who really don't want to live those lives. They're living those lives because they were born into those circumstances or the rappers lying in general and saying that they're some sort of drug kingpin. Let's, let's, let's ride, let's raise that up. And now we have the young ladies who are like, mm, forget going to school, forget education. You want to be a bad bitch. You need to have a hot girl summer. You need to rob brothers, drug them and take their money. That's what's hot. You need to thought it out. Thought summer. Those are the things that matter. And what I would say to both of you all is that this and, and anyone listening and willing to listen to me and just be objective about what I'm saying is that why not take an album that a young man, he expressed everything that was needed. In his earlier projects, he understood what was going on at the time and he felt that this was something that his community, not meaning uh, Los Angeles, not meaning Compton, but meaning the world for people of color at that time. You guys were talking about Mike Brown, but don't forget Trayvon Martin. Don't forget a 12 year old boy that had gotten shot. There were multiple cases of young black men being taken off the planet with no repercussions and yes, the tone was different because fight the power and uh, fuck the police. That's great. But people of color don't do those things. We don't have the power to fight the power as far as in a violent way. And when we do do it, we usually tear up our own communities. I appreciated what he gave us with King Kunta and with all right. And with, uh, I being that he said in a softer, more mental state that, Hey, We can combat racism, bigotry and abuse in a more mental, cerebral way. So the appreciation, regardless to what Rolling Stone says, I'm not saying this based on Rolling Stone. I'm saying this based on where I believe that he was trying to uh, convey with his art. And that was we can do better. We can be better. We can do this together. And I think that he tried his best in this art form to do what he could to help the society move forward again. I appreciate everything you guys are saying, but I would ask that you take those things into mind and that yes, good kid, mad kids, mad city's great. Section 88's great. But how many other rappers have done albums about the hood that were great, but this man took an opportunity to step away from what was the mainstream and say, Hey, I can give my people something, some food that they can digest for a period of time and that this album will live longer than all those other songs and people who are trying to do better and be better. And I'll leave it at that. So we're going to move on. Thank you. No worries. So all right, so we're going to move into the flavor and we're going and here we go.
2: Round if it smell funny, onions getting peeled round here. If it smell funny, onions getting peeled round here. If it smell funny, get your onion peeled round here. If it smell funny, get your onion peeled I was out in the field since I was ill. Never been house cat. I'm aware everyone acted. You at them backwards, they be where your
0: house at. I don't care about no ways. Where is your house cat? All right, and that was Round Here by man, Toby and Wigway. And that was my pick. Uh, Reaper, your thoughts on my pick, Round Here by Toby and Wigway.
1: Yeah, I was trying to figure out who it was. Uh, there was a small instance in there where it sounded like Busta. And I was like, mm, that's not Busta, though. And, uh, yeah, I've never heard of the guy. And, uh, yeah, I-, I appreciated the aggression, the angst. Right at the beginning of the song, he didn't keep the same energy through the whole song, which is unfortunate. But, uh, yeah, it's not terrible. I'd listen to it again. And, again, something that's a minute long or 90 seconds long, you can sort of just play it a couple of times and not burn up too much of your daytime. Or if you were going to play it in a club, you can sort of play it, like get in and get out, literally. So. Yeah, I don't have an issue with it. Uh, You have to tell me the name in the group chat because I don't know who that is. All right. That's what's up.
0: Appreciate that. Kev, your thoughts?
2: It's not bad. I actually thought this was Reaper's pick because it was so upbeat. And, you know, that's the type of stuff he normally brings to the table. But, yeah, you know, I would have to listen to it again uh, because it is so short. It it, It just went fast. So but no, it was a good pick, though. All
0: right. Appreciate that. Again, uh, you know, I, I choose Toby. Uh, Toby in Wigway is another one of those artists who's trying to do something different. You know, he's a, a first generation immigrant from Africa. His parents were you know, are originally from Africa and he was born here and uh, he's from the Houston area. Uh, his concept is uh, he, he's one of the, another one of those artists who does really concept work where he has Come up with a vision as far as visual and the actual music itself. His wife is very involved in his uh, music, even the clothes that he wears in the uh, visuals is very well thought out. And uh, I appreciate the young man. And uh, you know, he has a lot of hit, or, uh, you know, hit or misses, but um, he, he's pulling it together and uh, he's getting a lot of groundswell here in uh, here in the states right now. So I appreciate for that, you guys, for that. We're moving on to the next song. And that's from our boy, Kev. And let's get it. Yo, since my DOB, they knew I'd be a menace. Believe in me, threw on my shades and SOX
2: hat. Back on my Easy I hit my number every time and I'm rapping on PDs. Made millions of MP3s. Did that with a GD. You didn't know- all your hand out just back to your ebt top down on the interstate make the back of the gt bleed you never really did so your story is an easy read i'm sharp as ever and get to the benjamins like it be i'm a true boss blue boss don't get too lost new calls bang and send them not Move off, got these fools sick, making it hard to ditch that flu. Off, I'm again. Couple of little get back. Few dollars, fatter's pain attention. Been looking blurry on your end. Got payment with you. You've been seeking strangers for
0: attention, don't have aim to get you? the do magic, kill your haters with the same mix. And that was menace by our man uh, Lloyd Banks featuring uh, Conway the Machine. I'm gonna jump in with my two cents and just say again, it's always good to hear Conway the Machine. Uh, Love Lloyd Banks, man. Real talented young man. Uh, And, uh, you know, Conway is just, you know, a beast. I I love everything he does. I think of the um, of the um, uh, his crew that he's in, the Griselda crew. You know, he's he's the one I I like the most. All right. So uh, let's get it with uh, Reaper, your thoughts on Cavs pick Menace by uh, Lloyd Banks.
1: Uh, Yeah, as soon as it started, I was like, hmm, is that Lloyd Banks? That's an interesting pick. I liked Lloyd Banks a lot years ago. And again, we talk about somebody that was rapping. Like, yo, go back and listen to his uh, V series, V, V5, V6. And what was the other one called? It was something with Halloween in the title. But just, you know, look up most streamed Lloyd Banks mixtapes. And uh, I'm sure you could find something if you're interested in Lloyd Banks or uh, hearing some of Lloyd Banks' uh, raps. But um The track was a little bit slow, and I wasn't a big fan of the loop. Like, I mean, I know you're going for that sort of dark, grimy, sort of grimy drums, dustier drums, but I don't know. I wish it was a little bit different, and I wish it was a a tad faster. It's a little bit too slow, I feel like. And uh, I was listening to something just the other day, I can't remember what it was. But I remember thinking like, man, the person that's rapping, instead of telling their producer to just speed it up a couple of clicks, they like slowed down their flow to match the beat. And it almost made them sound offbeat or like a combination of offbeat and they didn't want to be there. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying Lloyd Banks didn't want to be there on the track, but I don't know. I just think it would work better if it was just a click or two faster.
0: All right, I feel you on that one. Appreciate that, Reaver. Uh, Kev, your reasons for choosing Menace by Lloyd Banks featuring Conway the Machine?
2: Yeah, um, big, big fan of Lloyd Banks. I did like his, his, uh, the album he put out a few years back. And it's always good to hear new music for him. And, you know, he's just, you know he, he knows his lane he stays in it and he sounds good doing it and, and i can appreciate that and that's what i'm a fan of
0: yeah man i feel you on that one all right moving straight along we're getting into it with reaper's pick and let's go run them up
2: run them pants up Run them bands up, run them bands up, run them bands up, run them bands up, spin it cause I'm up, man, why? Run them bands up, 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 up, up. though we was falling off, you can't stand up, whole lot of bands in my left hand, the got a drum, I'm the band man, whole lot of drink in my right hand, long list, 400, the hype man, she know I got paper, she wanna get an issue over Never act sentimental drop Co this is not a rental pull up fa for ride stay mental gentle as you open a door to 100 in the club
0: put this on fall Be finished streets coming these- Yeah, man and that was why G and his song Run uh, featuring uh, uh, Tiger, Beer and 21 Savage. I'm gonna jump out in first and just say, man, this is uh, uh, this is the one for the summer. Uh, YG has done it again. A very talented young man. Uh, This single is going to go. It's going to do very well. The the rest of the summer, they're going to be running this joint up. It it is hot. Uh, Bia did her thing. Uh, Tyga stayed consistent. And 21 Savage has been on a real nice run lately. Uh, I've been very impressed with the run he's been on recently. So uh, for me, this is a winner all day. And I appreciate uh, Reaper bringing this to the flavor. Uh, Kev, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I could say the same thing, you know, uh, pitches from the video shoot have leaked already. So even before the song, even really came out, you know, it was garnering a lot of attention. And now that the song has been released, you know, it's, it's, it's a hit, you know, it's going to be a hit. It, it's, it's, I know it's going to blow up. Like you just said, it's going to play everywhere. I don't. I don't even know if the video's been released or not yet. But I know the video's probably already has you know a few million views already. And you know YG and Tiger, I think they are uh, a good combination together when they make you know they kind of link up in some sort of way. So yeah, it's a good pick.
0: That's what's up. Appreciate that, uh, Reaper. Your reasons for bringing "Run" by YG to the flavor.
1: You know, I'm almost always picking club stuff first. Uh, we want to keep it up, beat in the clubs. We want to hear bangers. I really like the uh, Bay Area sort of sound, too. So uh, it was easy pick for me. And yeah, the, the video is out. It is slightly bizarre. Um, I won't say why, but uh, people out there in Radio Land pull up the music video for Run Are You In by YG and uh fellas y'all should watch it after we log off
0: <laughs> all right that's what's up and that was the flavor all right reaper take us out of here
1: all right so that was another episode of the mixer rap podcast uh be wise reaper cav we appreciate everybody that listened make sure you smash that like button subscribe uh, wherever you're listening to us—Stitcher, Downcast, Spotify, Apple Music—hit us up on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, Kev, what's the what's the handles for those pages?
2: Twitter Mix Air Rap, and the Instagram is Mix Air Rap Pod P O D.
1: At, at the three one three kid, uh, of course. The three one three kid. Instagram, Twitter, WeChat. Send me a message on there and uh, Mix Cloud. I've got some mixes that uh disappeared for some reason so we're going to do some re-uploads and we're going to upload some new stuff as well pretty soon so uh keep it locked there if you're interested in dj mixes be wise
0: all right appreciate you guys for listening thank you guys so much uh for my host these guys are the best we out of here peace <laughs>